Welcome back to another episode of the Property Management Show with your hosts Marie Tapman and Brittany Jones from Foreign Tap Marketing Agency. Since 2012, we have been helping property managers just like you grow their business by using marketing strategies that attract owner leads. Whether you need help with your website, SEO, uh, paid ads like PPC, etc., content marketing, video, social media, reputation management, you name it, we can help you. Visit our website, forintap.com to learn more. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Property Management Show with your hosts, Marie Tepman and Brittany Jones from Four and Half Marketing Agency. Today, we have the pleasure of having the Jen Merritt from RentScale on our show today. I think it's your first time, Jen, right? It is. I'm so excited to be here too. Yeah. I swear we did one show. Maybe we didn't. Maybe I just talked to you so much that I I feel like we have. Yeah, I think so. I think in the past it was other members from RentScale. So I think it's our first time with John. So, so excited for this one. Nice. And so, you know, today we wanted to kind of center our discussion around the idea of like all bound lead generation. And I know in our previous conversations, Jen, you mentioned that is a big focus for your team in 2024. So for our audience, can you give them kind of a brief overview of this concept of all bound lead generation? Yeah. So we're really excited about this. This is something that we're really diving into this year at Sales Mastery um, and even beyond into 2024. So All bound is this idea that lead generation and sales in general um, doesn't just rely on one source for leads. So a lot of the time, every property management owner and heck, every business owner wants the magic pill for lead generation, right? They want to know like, what's the one thing I can do to generate more leads? And the truth is, is like, that doesn't exactly exist. It's a lot of different things and a lot of trial and error and a lot of consistency and effort in a lot of different areas. So all bound is this idea that you've got to have inbound leads that are done through SEO and PPC and a lot of different methods, right? Outbound is the idea that you've got a ton of outbound prospecting systems in place. So maybe in the property management space, you're calling for rent by owners. Maybe you are attempting to get a list of people that have secondary homes. Maybe you're working with a lender and they provide a list of everyone who has investment properties, but you have to go outbound and use those outbound efforts, right? And then the last one is what we call next bound. And this is kind of a new term um, that, well, we just made it up. I mean, we just make (laughs) stuff up all the time. And next bound is the idea of where does your next business come from and really refers to that referral source. So we're kind of focusing in on these three different areas and saying that if you want to be a successful business development manager, you want to have a successful lead gen and then sales department, you should have leads flowing from all of these different sources. That's really interesting because um, I feel like, you know, at four and a half, we always talk to property management company owners who just always want more leads. And it's always this discussion of like, just tell me what's going to work and then I'll put money there. And like you said, I wish there was a magic bullet, but there isn't. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was really curious to to know, like, in your opinion, is lead generation primarily a marketing function or a sales function, or Ooh, neither? Great or question. Oh my god, <laughs> Marie, Marie, really good question. I mean, it is shared, but I want to answer the question as best as I can. So mm-hmm. when I think about lead generation, um, and I look at the three different segments that we're really targeting. I think that inbound relies a lot on a marketing function and that's where kind of you guys are experts, right? And I really believe that that's something that the owner does and that marketing teams or marketing agencies do. When it comes to the outbound and the next bound, those are things that should be developed by the BDM. So it just depends on what category you're in. And honestly, it's with the support of agencies or marketing departments or whatever you want to call it, that all of these things kind of align and actually get done. But that's kind of how I see it is just depends on which source, which I I picture them. We have this, this graphic, this image of these arrows and it's inbound, next bound and uh, all bound or sorry, inbound, outbound and and next Next bound. bound. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And, and I picture like, there are different elements to each of them. And this is where I think different people play different roles in them. That's great. And then um, correct me if I'm wrong, Brittany, I think we still hear this a lot. Um, when the discussion about leads, you know, comes around with the property management company, business owners and decision makers, the term junk leads typically comes up. It's like, oh, you want to make sure we're not going to get junk leads. And so I wonder if that's also something that your team hears on the business development side, because you deal with primarily like sales driven uh, property managers, right? Yeah. And and it's so funny because of course, yeah, everybody wants the people, I don't know if you guys have seen the buyer's pyramid, right? Or the triangle where, mm-hmm. you know, the top 3% are ready to buy today. And then 7% below that are like close and, and they are ready to convert. Everybody wants those time, kinds of leads and everybody wants to avoid anything further down in the pyramid, but also any other kind of leads that might filter in. I get that. Nobody wants to pay for leads that are quote unquote junk leads, Mm -hmm. but it's almost impossible to filter them out. And that's true for inbound. That's true for outbound. And it's also true for next bound. There are going to be people that you come across in all three of those scenarios that it doesn't make sense to do business. And I just think that thinking that we're going to filter out every single junk lead is again, like the, the blue, the magic blue pill, you know, and mm-hmm, I don't yeah. know that anybody has it. Cause if they did, we'd probably all be rich on some yacht in the middle of the Mediterranean somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. When I feel like the idea, I don't necessarily know if I really hear the term junk leads as much anymore with our clients. Cause I feel like there's so much, their BDMs and their systems, a lot of them who have worked with rent scale. So kudos to you guys for, for educating them. I feel like people understand this, or at least our clients understand it a little bit better where, um, I was talking to somebody the other day who they're doing, um, you know, some direct mailers and they are getting leads, but some of the leads that they're getting are outside of their service area. And to someone that might be a junk lead. But to them, they say, no, that's an opportunity. They might, they own three investment properties. Maybe we put them 
in this nurturing campaign about buy a property in this area. So it's, it's really a mind, like a mindset shift, especially with the BDMs, I feel like. Um, right. So it's all I to interpretation. Don't think, yeah, that, that's not a junk lead too. There's actually so much you could do with that. And the term junk right. lead scares me a little bit, but it's, here's what you could do with that. Let's say you get a lead for someone that's outside of a territory and you don't manage in there. I, we have our BDMs going out and networking with property managers that are just outside their territory and you build up and you become a referral source. You become a connector for other people. Right. And so why would you take that as a junk lead instead hand that to a property management partner who you're not necessarily competing with and create that referral sphere back and forth. That's never a junk lead in my mind. Right. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I was, I was, I was, um, just uh, attending like a market, an online marketing kind of like LinkedIn live session today with Rand Fishkin, one of the co-founders of Moz. And he was talking about how, um, a lot of business owners and decision makers get so hung up with attribution. Like I want to be able to attribute that like this specific lead that was closed on this date came from this specific channel, right? Um, And then he said, what happens is like you basically ignore the buyer's journey, like the pyramid, because what happens is you assume that people one day just wake up and you encounter a piece of asset, maybe an ad or a direct mail piece or a blog from a company, and then just magically decide to contact that company and then you close. Whereas in reality, the journey is not linear, right? It's like maybe a lot of times you happen to encounter a piece of content from that company, you know, and then you don't think any of it. And then you see them again, six months down the line, and you're like, I don't need them, but this is interesting. And then a year from now, you inherit your parents' house and you're like, I kind of remember that company. You Google them, you maybe click on an ad because that was the first thing that came up. And then you talk to someone and then to the business owner, like our ads are working because people are clicking, but it's like, did you check how people are finding you? Like- how do they know about your name? And so um, he was calling for this kind of like shift in thinking, like Brittany was saying, it's all about mindset, right? And I feel like, um, you know, like there's still more work to be done in terms of educating the property management industry about what you can do with leads and kind of like what mm-hmm. a lead is, right? I feel like um, mm-hmm. there's an expectation that a lead should be someone who's ready to sign right now, yeah. which... Yeah. No, there are layers, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are layers. And that's the thing is like, think about how you personally interact with the ads that you see. Think about, I think about a Facebook ad, right? I'll see a Facebook ad. Um, and there's a pair of jeans that I have been eyeing for a year. You'd think I'd just buy these things, right? But I initially saw them um, when I was on a YouTube channel, then obviously retargeting and all that stuff flipped over. Now I see them on Facebook and now they're on Instagram and like, they're just filtering everywhere. So at some point, you know, cause I do this, I'm going to click on that ad and I'm going to end up buying those jeans and they're going to attribute it to Instagram when actual the, actually the origination was say YouTube. 
So, so yeah, I just think you're forgetting about the buyer's journey, right? And so you're reallocating funds to a place that they don't really belong. And you're making decisions based on that when that just happens to be like, they were just in the space that day to buy it at that moment on Instagram, mm-hmm. they were feeling generous. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's just really interesting to watch. But what I try to do I think we're all so stuck in the property management industry and in, in our own little bubble as we should be, right? But what I try to do when I'm explaining this to, to owners and I'm trying to make sense of it for them is think outside the industry. Put yourself in your day-to-day life. Put yourself in how you interact with these things and, and take yourself through the buyer's journey because... So many property managers are like, I only want the leads that are hot at the top of the pyramid, ready to close, looking for property management. Otherwise, they're wasting my time. And I'm going, wow, that is how you get sales that go like this. Right. Because you're limiting yourself. Yeah. That's one yeah. pathway. That's what that's one path to get a closed door, right? Or one path to get a new client when there are all of these other different variables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting point, John, because, um, you know, I, I had a, uh, I had a, a presentation slot at Narpam national recently, and I was talking about the buyer's journey and then I kind of played the devil's advocate. So I showed the buyer's journey and I was like, I know what you're all thinking. You're just thinking like, why are we talking about the journey? You know, we all just want people who are ready to buy. Right. Like, so I circled that part mm-hmm. of the pyramid, like y'all just want these people. Right. But guess what? They're more expensive. And, you know, I was like, quick poll. How many of you have gotten that dreaded phone call from the owner who just wants to know your fees? A lot of people raise their hand. Like, why do you dread it? And people were like, oh, they're typically not a good fit or like they're going to nickel and dime me. And I was like, guess what? Nickel and dimers don't understand property management because they probably were never educated throughout their journey. And so guess what? If you just target people who are ready to buy, you kind of take on whatever baggage they have. But if you target people who are not as ready to buy, they're still in the like, discovery phase. They're still exploring solutions. Like, And you can shape their expectations and help educate them. Like, actually, property management is more than just rent collection. This is how you can, you know, choose a property manager based on like their competency and your needs, then by the time they're ready to buy, guess what? Not only do they know you, but they also know the right criteria. And people were like, oh, and I'm just Mm -hmm. like, we've been preaching this for like, I've been to four now for nine years almost. And I'm like, we've been preaching this for nine years and people were still going, oh. So like, it's it's interesting, like you were saying, Jen, because like, um, you know, in, in some respects, it makes sense for the industry to stay in its own bubble and kind of incubate, but like, you know, kind of try to also look beyond that when it comes to things that you don't have to reinvent the wheel for, which is sales and marketing. Yeah. I mean, this industry is really innovating and I kind of go back to the genes example. If you nurture people all the way through their entire experience from from the time that they misunderstood something or they um, just didn't didn't know about it at all, all the way up to the top of the buyer's pyramid, the price isn't really a discussion anymore. 
honestly, you guys, I don't care how much those jeans are. One day I'll buy them (laughs) and it won't really matter how much they are because I've wanted them for so long, right? It's kind of the same thing. If you nurture them all the way through, you start eliminating the price discussion. But, you know, nurturing these leads and creating different types of campaigns in different mediums all the way through the buyer's pyramid takes patience. It takes time. It is, it is not your quick fix. Um, and a lot of people just want that instant gratification today. And so they're like, I want the buyers who are ready to buy right now. And I don't want to pay for anything else. What's so funny is that the buyers that are towards the bottom of the triangle are actually cheaper to start incepting these ideas into than the ones that are at the top that are ready to buy, which are arguably very expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I tend to present the pyramid as a reverse because <laughs> yeah. it's like less you people visit. convert. So the tip is smaller than the, yeah. yeah. So it's like, I guess you guys display it as a, because traditionally it's a pyramid. But when I was like making my slides for my presentation, I'm like, it's not intuitive because more people are technically not as ready to buy compared to people who like are ready to buy. So I just inverted it. But um, yeah, so I hope that like doesn't confuse people who are listening. Um, we'll try to insert a just visual for labels. people. Yeah, yeah. For people who are going to be watching the video on YouTube, we will add like a quick pyramid image so you don't get confused. <laughs> yeah, um, ours really comes from like the top of the triangle is the... that are ready to buy, then the 7% that are ready to buy, and then it goes down. So I'll send you guys an image too, but it'll (laughs) totally make sense if you see an image of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so to kind of um, go to my next question. So so Rent Scale basically does basically sales coaching, right? And, And so what in your experience um, do you see leads to success for property management companies that um, like really want to, you know, grow their, their door account? Like, are there specific strategies, mentalities, you know, techniques that you've seen work really well? Oh my gosh, so many, so many things. And this is, we have the pleasure of teaching all these BDMs how to be and do all of these things, but there's a lot of stuff that works and it really just depends on the personality of the BDM and it depends on the desire of the company and it depends on their ideal target market and their differentiation strategy. And there's so many things, but I would say that again, having an all bound strategy, super important, but um, inside of all of those things, I believe that if I look at just the outbound arrow, having an outbound prospecting plan, a consistency plan, because so many BDMs don't do it consistently And they're like, well, I posted the video on social media a year ago. Is that not enough? And it's like, well, that was a great start, but let's do it again. (laughs) And this time, let's do it a little more frequently, right? So creating that outbound consistency plan early on is something that makes BDM successful quick. Um, Building your referral network early on makes BDMs successful quick. And then for the inbound arrow, it's taking those inbound leads and making sure that you have speed to lead, that you're having proper discovery calls, and that you're really getting to the bottom of what that client needs and how you can provide value to them. 
you know, we're not looking to sell people just to sell people. We actually are trying to better their situation. And that's a huge thing we teach the BDMs. If you can't make someone's situation better in some way, easier, make them more money, uh, faster, don't sell them a solution you can't execute on. And that is also a key to success. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, when you were you were saying that, I instantly remembered Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, because that is like a cult mm. classic. And obviously the the methods they were using were kind of like the old school, very, very inappropriate ways of selling, which is like just sell. A lead is just a number and you know, like a lead is just a way for you to get your get to your quota and you know get get your goals done but nowadays consumers are a lot more educated because they have the resources to research right um and so it it so happens that it's like if you are selling them something that's not going to serve their needs you might convince them in the short run into signing the contract but it's going to come back and get you because guess what we're living in I, i i i keep hearing like we're in the experience economy right um, and I kind of prefer to call it like a feedback economy because it doesn't end at the experience, you know, like it ends with the feedback you get from the consumers because it's public, right? So it's like, you may have won the sale now, but when they realize that they were sold like snake oil, um, so to speak, they're going to go on public forums and ruin your reputation. Yeah, and it is and interesting that feedback. people are still selling like that because... Um, I mean, I don't, I, I went to like, I went to school for marketing, but when I went to school, they pretty much tell you, Hey, you're probably not going to get a marketing job. So we're going to teach you some sales stuff too. And this, this was like over 10 years ago now, but, but like one of the emphasis, one of the things that they teach you is, Hey, sales has changed. It's about relationship building. It's about solving problems. You want to get to know their needs. And it was interesting. One of the first interviews I went to after graduating college was kind of a big, um, company that a lot of property management companies hate. Uh, I won't, I won't call it out, but it's, <laughs> we're not going to name any names na- here. <laughs> nationwide, not a property management industry company. Um, and it was so interesting cause I'm sitting in the interview and I'm like, I do not want to work here because they kept saying, what are you going to do to make the sale? What are you going to make the sale? And it, and I kept, I kept like using like answering based off of what I was taught in school and their sales mentality, even now, as we know, they call property managers to try to get them to run ads or do, you know, any of these things, but they were even calling, um, you know, our CEO recently, cause he runs a karate dojo trying to get him to run ads on their platform. And he's like, oh, I'm, I don't want to talk about this company and say all these bad things, but if I give more details, maybe people know who I'm talking about. I don't know, but it is just the hard sell where it's like, I think he asked them, okay, well, how are you going to help me with this? And didn't get a response. Um, so it's just interesting. Sorry, long story long. It is interesting how that really is how the sales landscape has shifted, but there are still people in that old, school mindset that Marie mentioned. I find it fascinating. And it is, and, and it is about experience, right? It is about the value we're providing to people because Marie makes a very good point that there is a feedback culture. It, it, it's an experience and a feedback. 
you have to have the experience in order to get the feedback where you have the bad experience and then get, get terrible feedback. Right. Um, and it, it definitely plays into if you're still selling something to reach a quota or to get a commission and you're not finding people who fit really well within your company, what are you doing? Because you're doing your company a disservice. And so that's why like at rent scale, if you look at a lot of the stuff we do, a huge part of what we do is we help you find more clients you love. That makes operations really smooth. Um, it ensures that you're, you're churning less out or uh, people call it retention. I, I, I guess there's this weird thing where we don't like the word weaknesses or churn. We like to, to soften it. Flip so it. You I guess flip it to the positive, yeah. right? It's, How it's many retention. Yeah. <laughs> it's now retention. But if you sign more of the clients you love that your operations team is set up to make successful. And if you target them in your lead generation, then you're doing the right thing from the beginning. Um, in strategic PM, we interview a ton of different companies and a ton of different owners. And one of the very first things we love to ask them is if you could tell property managers who are just starting out one piece of advice, what would it be? It is don't sign the terrible clients that don't fit well with your business up front just because you're trying to get it started. Take the extra time, sign the clients you love, differentiate, mm. find an ideal profile and speak to those people throughout your entire lead gen and sales process. And it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. That and reminds speak. me. Oh, I was just going to say, Marie, you probably remember this. That reminds me of something um, we were talking with um, Sandy Highland about recently. We love Sandy. Um, how she'll get phone calls from people that are looking for property management services because they're not happy with their current property management company. And something she asks them is what part, you know, what, what did they do that you weren't happy about? And then oftentimes it's something, it's a, it's a process that they would do themselves. And she explains, Hey, we're probably not going to be a good fit because we would have done mm -hmm. the same thing in that situation. A lot of times yeah. it's, it's because it's legally required for us to, right. you know, do some things. But just the, <laughs> just the, just the action of knowing, um, what clients you want to work with and what you don't and being able to filter and ask those questions it is just like a big thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the BDM should be the filter for that kind of thing, right? They should know exactly who those people are and how to bring those people on and how to differentiate to them as well. So it's such a critical skill that we're really instilling in all of our BDMs because it doesn't make sense. And what I tell BDMs is if you sign too many of the wrong client, you bog down operations and then operations tells you to stop selling and then you can't bring on new clients anymore. <laughs> Whereas if you just find the right ones to begin with, everything flows. So just find the right clients. It's better for everybody. Yeah, so to, to kind of piggyback on, you know, you, you mentioned that one tip these experienced property managers you've interviewed um, would give to someone just starting out in property management is like focus on bringing on clients you like instead of bringing on everyone. Um, so from your experience, um, if uh, if someone's just starting out in property management and they're like, OK, I established my company 
how to get started on getting leads? Like which lead gen methodology should they focus on first? Is it um is it inbound, outbound? Obviously, next bound is like after they figure out the first two, but it's like, how would they even get started? So I think that in order to give the BDMs a really good grasp at, at what they're doing and a, and a jump start, some inbound leads are necessary. And so that's where, you know, I try to think about an owner starting out doesn't have a ton of money to just dump into a BDM lead generation, setting the systems up, the management of all the systems, right? And so I try to really put myself in their shoes. And if you don't have a lot of funds, what I would do is I would look at what types of lead generation are really expensive and what types of lead generation are more affordable. So sometimes, not all the time, but SEO, PPC, and paid can be the more expensive lead sources. Um, But Social media marketing, so Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn can be incredibly affordable. YouTube is super affordable. And then you might get some paid leads where you set a a parameter, but eventually I want to wean everybody off of those. Uh, Hopefully APN doesn't listen to this, but (laughs) I want to generate my own leads. You know, I don't, I don't want to rely on APM for those leads, but I think inbound is really important um, to get started. Outbound is really where you're going to stop your business from doing a lot of this and you have more consistency. So build that from day one, but you can't expect it to be returning from day one. So I would get some level of inbound leads to get your business up and going and generating revenue for you. I would focus in from day one on outbound. Expect outbound is going to take six to nine months to really start becoming something that referrals are regularly coming in. Um, and then next bound, start from day one as well. But those are just referral sources. You got to prove yourself out. A lot of people are reluctant to give those opportunities right away. Yeah. And so um, it's interesting because, um, especially for like referral business, right? Without reputation, like you can't really rely on referrals unless it's like personal reputation, where it's like direct mm-hmm. word of mouth from like friends of friends of friends. So, I mean, you know, we talked to a lot of property management companies that grew their business purely on like word of mouth because they were part of the chamber of commerce and so on and so forth. So it's not impossible, but if you don't have that kind of social capital to lean onto, right, then inbound is kind of like the best way to start. And like you were saying, Jen, like if you can afford to do social media ads, they could be cheaper than like the more expensive pay-per-click ads. But if even that is too expensive for you, like we always tell, you know, your property managers who inquire to us, like, you know, content marketing, SEO, they they can be cheaper than like the paid ads, but it takes time. And it's kind of like that old saying, it's like, you know, people who have money, um, people who have money spend money to save time and people who don't have money spend time because they don't have money. Something like that. It's like um, figure out kind of like what kind of investment you can, you know, shell out for your company and then just be realistic with the expectations. Yeah. Jeremy always refers to that as check equity or sweat equity. And that's kind of where you have to figure out where you're putting it in. Are you writing a check for it and that's how you're going to get this done? Or are you putting in the manual labor to make sure that you get it done? So we always refer to it as there's got to be a balance. And usually when you're starting out in business, it's sweat equity. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, given all the challenges in the property management industry and also the, mm-hmm. the economy, right? Like um, I, I think like one of one of the recent updates from Strategic PM is like, you know, rent um, uh, days on market are increasing. And then there's like this shift in just like customer sentiment. And then um, I also remember you gave an update in one of the um, strategic PM videos that leads are dropping, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was curious to know if you can speak more to that. Like, is that kind of a fluke? Um, is that a kind of expected until like, you know, the rest of the year? And, you know, how important is lead volume versus closing ratio? I think yeah. I bundled too many questions at once. That was Feel a free lot. to answer whichever <laughs> question you want to answer. I was kind of like, wait, how many questions is that, Marie? I got excited. I'm sorry. <laughs> she just started writing it down, but Marie's clearly passionate about this. <laughs> I, I, I was coming up with the questions as I was going. Like, I, I want to know this and that and this. I could so see it in your eyes. I know. It's like, I'm not going to stop. Um, maybe you can start with just like what you've observed uh, observed in terms of like maybe the shift in lead volume um, in, I think, in Scale Club, right? Like I, I remember you talking about that. Like, is that continuing? Yeah, really good question. So uh, great timing too, because I just filmed the scoreboard video for This Week in PM, which is airing tomorrow. And it was wrapping up the October numbers. So September leads were down. October leads were up. Um, And so we keep trying to find correlations and trends, but I will tell you that September, everything was looking... So everything is lagging a little. So we hear in August that the BDMs are like, oh my gosh, I'm having a really hard time converting. The leads just aren't coming in. Everyone's just saying that they're waiting. Everyone's on pause. And then we see that in September numbers, right? And then Mm. September was so busy for BDMs and they were like, I don't like, it's like everything all of a sudden released and everybody's ready to make decisions. And so we see those in October numbers. So I just released the October numbers. They'll be out on the This Week in PM show tomorrow. Um, But the really what that came to was everything was green. Everything was up. The the number of doors closed, um, the leaderboard, every person on the leaderboard had uh, increased door count. The uh, percent to goal was up the leads were up. I mean, so I can't necessarily correlate it to anything. Sometimes it just has to do with consumer sentiment and like readiness to move forward. Sometimes it has to do with, you know, the rates are playing such a huge factor in real estate today and whether investors go in or accidental landlords come into the market. So tons of factors. And we're trying to find that correlation or causation as well with the data that we have. But it's really interesting because October was a fantastic month. And so far, November is shaping up pretty decent as well. Usually, this is the time of year that we see a little bit of a lead slowdown, a little bit of management agreement signing slowdown in most markets. Um, mm-hmm. And we kind of see that typically through beginning of January. Then things start to pick up mid-January through February. We see another pickup March and April. And then we're in full bloom after that. So kind of the trend that we expect um, doesn't replicate in every market, but most markets we see that. 
That's so interesting because um, I hear that there are also a lot of new regulations that are rolling out. And I wonder, because mm-hmm. some of them haven't even been passed, but there's just like rumors that they're going to be passed. And I wonder if that's also heavily um, affecting customer sentiment and whether they need a professional or not. Very much so. I mean, yeah, new regulations on landlords, but new regulations on short term is also coming into play here. There's so many people flipping short term to long term right now. I mean, that's been a discussion we've been having in, in our scale club community now for the last three months and helping BDMs leverage that um, and use it to help people see, hey, there's a lot of regulations happening. Your house is getting a ton of wear and tear from the in and out and from the short-term rentals. What if you flip it to a long-term rental? And we're having conversations about how to successfully engage those people and convert them to long-term. So Mm -hmm. there's so much going on in the market right now between just the real estate market in general, the interest rates, the short-term, long-term, the regulation on landlords. This is what Scale Club is for. This is We spend a lot of time talking about all these things and how BDMs should be using them in their selling and using them in the market to bring on doors for their property management companies. We love this stuff. Now I'm the one that's going to start asking all the questions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So are you ready for my secondary question? <laughs> or have you had enough of me? <laughs> no, totally ready. Bring it on. <laughs> so in your opinion, is the number of leads more important than the closing ratio of the salesperson? <laughs> oh, that is such a, such a great question. question. Man, I, yeah, that's so hard. What's more That's important? why I'm asking you, because of all the people, whatever you come up with is very uh, a very informed, you know, answer. So if the BDM doesn't have any at-bats, closing ratio is irrelevant, right? Mm-hmm. So I do think that you've got to have some at-bats and they have to be of decent quality, um, you know, so that they can talk to these people and have these conversations and actually have a shot at closing business. I think once you get leads rolling in and they're consistent and you've put the effort in to make sure that you're um, hitting everyone all the way up or down the buyer's triangle, which way, whichever way you go, then mm-hmm. that's when it turns to let's make sure we're converting these leads. I mean, here's the thing. Why are you going to pay for all these leads, if you don't have someone who can convert them, mm-hmm. yep, that's such a waste. I love that. That's also kind of our mentality at four and half too, because sometimes, you know, we, we get inquiries from people who are like one man teams, they're doing everything right? They're the BDM, they're the broker owner, they're the ones doing the leasing, the operations and the property management. And so it's like, and then you want to like start getting leads. Like, how are you going to close them? If when we call your office to speak to you, you're out like showing properties, right? So it's like, it may not be the best idea for you to spend on leads now maybe you build up a team first so that like you can free up your time so you can close the leads that you're going to pay for that that scenario that situation build your next bound first 
start building mm-hmm. your referral source, your referral partners, your your realtors that are going to send you business, your 1031 exchange agents, your lenders that focus on, on investment properties, right? Mm-hmm. If you are the owner and you're out there trying to wear all of the hats, don't spend your money yet on leads because you one at one, you may not be able to reach them quick enough. Uh, and we know speed to lead is, is critical in this industry. But two, I would guess 90% of those people fall through the cracks if you don't sell them in one conversation, which we don't ever recommend. We don't like one call closes. Mm-hmm. So if you don't sell them in one conversation, you're doing 8 million other things and you're going to forget that that person exists and you just paid for yeah. that lead. So if you're a one-man show, build your next bound, then return back to your inbound when you've got either time or a dedicated person to focus on converting. Great answer. Makes sense. And so uh, to our listeners who may not be like familiar with, um, you know, sales mastery or a sale club or rent scale, um, how can people find more about these things? (laughs) (laughs) So sales mastery, and um, we have 15 seats left. We opened up 10 more because the event was just, uh, uh, they've been selling really fast. So I've got 15 seats left and that's it. That's salesmastery.live. Um, and you can go on and get your tickets. It is December 4th. Um, and there's an entire uh, information series on there. If you want to learn more about that event, we host it every single year. This year it's in Austin. So we're super excited to see the city, have some barbecue, should be fun. Um, and then if you want to learn more about a BDM or if there's resources that we can provide you to help you kind of move forward and focus on growth of your company, you can always reach out to me directly, jennifer at rentscale.com. You can also check out rentscale.com. There's lots of information there and um, you can sign up there for one of us to talk to you. But, you know, feel free to reach out directly if there's any questions or resources that we can provide you. Even if you're not a client, we're happy to help. Um, We really are here to make sure that we're progressing. We're doing the, the socially responsible thing, progressing the industry forward and making everybody a little bit better. So even if you're not a client, we're here to make you a little bit better. Thank you so much for making time for this interview today, Jen, and for all the insights that you shared with us and our listeners. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun, you guys. And that's all we have for this episode of the Property Management Show brought to you by Four and Half Marketing Agency. Since 2012, we have been helping property managers just like you grow their business by using marketing strategies that attract owner leads. Whether you need help with your website, SEO, videos, content, online reputation, social media, paid advertising like PPC, name it and we can help you. Visit our website fourandhalf.com to learn more. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, comments, feedback, feel free to send an email to marketing at fourandhalf.com. We love to hear from our listeners. And if you are enjoying our show, please show us some love by leaving a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.